Welcome to episode 37 of the Endless Stream podcast. I'm Aiden, and as usual, I'm joined by Brian and Kevin. This week, we have returning guest host Cree. We are four artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and just all-round shit-talkers. Each week, we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Amazon, Disney+, Hulu, YouTube, Spotify. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week, we are talking about Hawkeye and Cowboy Bebop and Super Crooks and a whole bunch of Netflix stuff and trailers and whatever else is going on in the world. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider subscribing, heading over to iTunes and rating and reviewing. That really helps us out. Or if you want some additional content, head off to Instagram at The Endless Cast. You'll find illustrations and clips over there. If you have a different opinion, you can send us a message over there. If you want to suggest something for us to watch, you can comment on one of the images or send us a direct message there. If you want to send us an email, you can do so as well. That is theendlesscast at gmail.com. Also, to add to the usual intro, I'd just like to point out that episode 38 will be the first week of our Christmas season, and we're going to try and pick a Christmas movie each week to talk about and tear us under, alongside Hawkeye as well. The working suggestions at the moment are Sergio Pablo's animated film Klaus, which premiered on Netflix, I think, two years ago. Um, We have Kev's favourite Scottish Christmas musical zombie thing, Anna and the Apocalypse, and, you know, we're working our way through a list of the usual Christmas fare. Muppet's Christmas Carol is high on the to-watch list, but I'm also looking at a couple of, you know, old classics from the 40s and 50s that you can get on Amazon Prime. So we'll make a few decisions and we'll let you know through the social media stuff. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. We have Cree back with us this week. Welcome back, Cree. She uh, Hello, ducked folks. out on all the Halloween creepiness. Hiya, uh, yes. She's back in time for a little bit of Hawkeye. Um, and... I think the thing we should probably start with and just get it out of the way because it's the um, 1995 entry to this week's conversation. I think 95, 97, somewhere in there. You watched Shawshank Redemption for the first time. I did. And to add to the 90s vibe even more, I watched it on VHS. It's a, a true home video experience, I guess. Where did you get a VCR? Oh my God, I, I grew up with that stuff. I'm not like that much younger than... Like, yes, you are. It's not. It's not that you're that much younger. Like, it's just that you still have it set up in your house, ready to go. Yeah. Okay. No, we do. We've got. We've got tons of videos. Like even right now in my room where I'm looking, I've got Stuart Little two, uh, Racing Stripes, the first Stuart Little. Racing Stripes is um, the zebra Space that Jam. enters horse racing, right? Zebra. <laughs> is it Frankie Muniz? Yes. Is it Frankie Muniz? Yeah. See that one. Yeah, that's right. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's the voice of the zebra. I saw uh, I saw a meme about Stuart Little and it was just like imagine being the other children in the orphanage who was our mouse was chosen over them. Too, yeah, that could too, have gone dark. Two wealthy adults go to an orphanage to adopt a child and come out with a mouse. Well, I assume it's kind of a financial decision. You're not going to raise a mouse for eighteen years, you know. The also, mouse the mouse kind of sounds like Marty McFly, so they're Back to the Future fans. Kind of sounds like Marty McFly. I, it is. Um. So. <laughs> But so you watched you watched it on VHS, and you still have your VHS uh, set up and stuff. I don't, yeah, I, I've actually got two. I've got I've got a built-in one in my TV in my room, which is beside my record player. There's a bit of a vintage theme going on. Are you poor? <laughs> well, see, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> no. I just appreciate older things, like you guys. <laughs> Kev's still got some of the um. Residual Ricky Gervais meanness 
lingering on him from yesterday. I, I say, I <laughs> are you poor? Where uh, I ha- I got my TV for free and can't even talk. One of my resounding memories of the Shawshank Redemption was at least every year through my schooling, it was a religion teacher's way of not teaching class. They just put Shawshank on. Um, Same. Oh, really? That sounds like the best religion class ever and the most productive because I watched it and I was, I was like, you know, you hear people saying, you know, oh, it's my favorite film. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to watch that. And then I just, you know, it didn't happen. I'm not that great with follow through. So um, so it took me a while. But then we got out the old VHSs and that was one of them. And I was like, OK, I need to watch this now. So sat down and watched it. It is brilliant. I am really like, jealous that you truly, got... Truly, it's a masterpiece. I am really jealous that you get to watch stuff on tape. I'd say there's a certain nice aesthetic to that, though. In, in all seriousness. Oh, it is. Yeah. It was really nice. It was It was a lovely... Like, because like that, I grew up with it. It's, it was a nice sort of, like, reminder of that, you know. And, and so I watched, like, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone on the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And that was a lovely experience. And we watched Little Women because it's nearly Christmas. Um, it's been nice. Which Little Women? The the VHS, the one that was that would be out on VHS. Oh, Winona. Winona. Yes. Brian, what are mm. your resounding impressions of Shawshank Redemption? Like it's it's kind of just been around the, our entire lives. <laughs> it's been somewhat tarnished because of that fourth year of religion class experience. Mm. Um, we we nicknamed a group of guys in my class. The sisters. Oh no! For reasons, yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah, there was some messed up stuff that went on in my school. Yeah, that that definitely. That they didn't find out about until until sixth year, but um, it's just crazy that we were expected to accept that. Jesus, that is yeah. not the fucking angle I expected <laughs> this to go. I know. <laughs> What is the did you crawl through a river of shit to get out of the school? <laughs> no. I did make it clear, though, that if, uh, you know, anybody was to try sister activities, that I'd snatch their throat. So They called it probing and involved a chair. I'm not even joking. Kevin, how... Oh, Jesus. Fuck. This is staying Kevin. in. This is all staying in. How do you in. move on from Kevin? Satan? <laughs> If anybody, if anybody hears this and wants to know the name of the school, I will tell them that school deserves to have its reckoning. Um, yeah, my messed up stuff. Jesus. Well, it only came to light because uh, somebody eventually complained about it. But well, I'm sorry that happened. It was fucked up. It was just happening around us, and we were just like, wow. Having it, <laughs> exactly your faces right now is how we were responding. Like, what is this? Yeah. And why are they doing it? And why has it? Why hasn't like the pecking order within the class resolved this? Messed up. Yeah, jeez. Great film though. Great. Shawshank, great film. But I have to Number wonder, did it maybe inspire some? Prison activities, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but <laughs> I, I can't talk. I can't talk about that film without talking about that because 
That's Kevin, uh, d- did you enjoy um, Shawshank Redemption? No. I'm afraid to say yes. <laughs> Sorry, Aiden. What would you have liked me to have said? And I'll, I'll give you my angle on on what where you would have liked that to go instead. Put it this way: uh, I'd seen, I'd seen, I remember the ads on ExtraVision a lot for like, "Hey, rent it now!" And then my sisters wanted to rent it one night, and I really didn't want to watch it because it seemed kind of too serious, and I didn't want to watch it. And I remember watching and thinking, "That was amazing." It just kind of sucked me in, and it's a very cathartic. It's great. It's a great film. Yeah, that's. That's sort of that's more what you're looking ang- for. That was sort of the angle I expected. <laughs> Again, I don't I don't mean to uh, undermine, make little of, or no. uh, dismiss the the goings on or traumas at your school. But this is a um, we try and keep it light on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but again, I caught sorry. myself saying that because that's pretty fucking glib, isn't it? I first pretty saw glib. it in a um, I was in a hotel and I was supposed to be joining my parents downstairs for dinner and. It was just on the television, and I just was like, I don't want to go down and like, eat hotel soup. This is actually really, really engrossing. So I was just like, where, they were calling up the room going, where the fuck are you? And I'm like, there's a really good movie on. I don't know what this is, but I'm completely drawn into it. Yeah. Same thing kind of happened with... Um, first time I saw the Blues Brothers and like American History X, you know, I was just about to go to bed, and I just watched one scene of this thing that was on late at night, and then I was just drawn in for two hours. How many, ho- how many hotels did you say? As a Ute? <laughs> I think you said the same thing happened. I mean, um, the same thing in the sense that I got drawn into movies and ended up staying and watching the whole thing rather than going and doing what I was supposed to do. Um, in terms of staying in hotels, with- you know uh, that I stayed in a lot of hotels. Yeah, you, were, you have an affluent child lifestyle existence. Uh, I mean... Yes, but also, you know, it was my mother's job was traveling around the place, so we stayed in hotels. There's that acerbic Ricky Gervais insight and questioning. Mm. I don't like this, Kevin. No. I. <laughs> we um, already know that he adopts the I, opinion of the last person that said an opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of the last strongly I, opinionated I, dickhead. Usually <laughs> <Excuse> me. <laughs> I I have to say, can I elaborate a little bit? Sorry, on the point of of Shawshank being a great film. Um, if you don't mind, please do. I think that it's one of those few examples that I can think of of like an absolutely like I think it's flawless. I actually think it's perfect. Like the that that script, it's just kind of exquisite, exquisite because like everything is set up. You know, that saying of like, you hang on, hang a gun on the wall and act what one or three and you have to use it by act five. They absolutely mm. nailed that. And the mm. payoff, I think, of that film, the setup and payoff is some of the most satisfying payoff like I've, I've ever seen in cinema. Do you know, um, everything is a detail that later on is like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. <laughs> like, I got it about two seconds before they got it of like the the poster i mean i know it was obvious but i have this like i said before uncanny ability to you know shut off the script writer in me had you seen i mean that must have been parodied oh i'm sure like i've seen i've seen like i I, (laughs) honestly i should have but i was just so enthralled in the characters and stuff i was like oh isn't that nice he got a marilyn monroe poster and a rita (laughs) poster um and then afterwards i was like oh my god obviously that was a lot. But I did that means that I did get the satisfaction of the end, I suppose, which is good. Um I thought the characters mm. 
were all brilliant as well and the the whole idea of um time as well in the movie it paces itself like quite slowly but enough that you're still engaged and interested do you know um but in that you would you mm. feel that time passing and the years that andy has stayed there and the years that red has stayed there um poor brooks, brooks. yeah actually on the brooks was a brooks was an amazing that was harrowing. kind of introducing that concept yeah. of institutionalization to i guess young minds like i'm sure it was a well-known concept i guess but for me it yeah. was like oh that's a thing and you've seen people I've seen people since in the media go, I went to prison in 20, 2005, came out in 2015, and everybody stares at their phone the whole time. What the fuck is this? You know, people that missed the smartphone. It's got to be, like, really tray. jarring. People that missed the introduction of the smartphone. I just realized I said the smartphone entree, and I wanted to give myself an <laughs> alt to cut out the word entree. And another... Anytime you use French, you alienate yourself from the audience. No French. <laughs> I am the everyman. And the... What another thing that i loved was you know when brooks had his letter that he sent back to the prison um that was mirrored mm. in red's letter afterwards like at the end but in a more hopeful tone do you know of like how they'll remember how they'll remember yeah. like the phrasing is very similar if not the same but you know i doubt they'll you know something like i doubt they'll care about an old folk an old person like me or something but for Brooks, it was because he was mm -hmm. going to not be here anymore. And then for Red, it was going to be because he was going to a better life. And I thought that was a really nice parallel. So like I said, it's really smart script writing. Yeah. And I just, I'm kind of in awe of it, really. But it didn't win Best Picture. I kind of feel like critics confuse that sort of perfection with uh, a neatness and a overly sentimentality that they don't realize when they're sitting down watching something for the first time that because it's all there's a broad appeal to it right it's not like it's an art house thing it's not like it's, it's it doesn't leave anything really to the viewer in terms of interpretation so it, it doesn't feel necessarily highbrow but everything is just so neat but not in a contrived way mm. and i wonder do critics then when they're watching that for the first time say oh you know Everything's just fucking tied up and presented to me and there's no work for me to do as a viewer. And then they, they ignore the fact that, you know, most audiences would just largely enjoy this because at the end of the day, the performances are good and the script is good and the execution is good. But I feel like critics dismissed it because it was, you know, too, too neat, too perfect, for lack of a better word. And that's why it doesn't win awards because... Awards are largely about, you know, following the crowd, following a consensus or opinion. So if the critics have ignored it and if people don't discover it until it's on video, then why should anybody yeah. in the Academy step out whereas, and put their neck out to kind of say, actually, yeah, you know what, this Whereas is, really this the really power good. of cinema, I think, lies in its appeal to every member of the audience. You know, anyone can watch this movie and understand it. And it's not, you know, mm -hmm. trying to do like an arty thing of, you know, really like loose concepts and things it's it's very grounded and it's something that everyone can watch and have empathy with the characters and that ultimately makes great cinema i think you know the impact that it can have and it has had a huge impact i just looking at frank darabont sort of imdb there and like 
there's a few other things on that list. Um, the Majestic, and you wrote a, a handful of young Indiana Jones um, episodes. Um, I forgot he was the original showrunner on The Walking Dead, and then like left after season one. Um, but it's interesting. It does it does feel like Shawshank hmm. is the peak there, doesn't it? And I actually I noticed as well when I was listening to the music, the score is brilliant. By the way, is like every that's what's great about it. Again, is like every single aspect of it is really well crafted, and everything had a singular vision. But the music I recognized was similar to the Green Mile, and I was like, oh, it's the same composer. <laughs> so that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. And the Green Mile definitely felt like it was trying to like yeah recapture some of sure. that. Yeah, I don't like the Green well, Mile at all. Like, yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> I don't like it. I like I like Tom Hanks. He's pretty. I'll just watch him, but like the, the movie kind of. I liked it. It just it doesn't stand up next to Shawshank, but like I've watched it, it's fine. On that note, Kevin, with with this new hip attitude you've got, tell us about the gig you went to. I, I'm not allowed. You were told not to say anything about it because it's a work in progress show and they're saving it for the Just give, give what the special. actors are trained mm-hmm. to yeah. do. Like, give like a yes. really vague, complimentary statement. Did you sign anything, Kev? Um, I've signed lots of things this week. Did you sign an NDA for the show? No. So no. Tell us, tell us how crap it was. But I don't want to betray Ricky's trust. Yeah. There's, um, one, there's one thing the multi-millionaire Ricky Gervais needs. <laughs> Do you not it's... like Ricky Gervais? No, I don't. He's a oh, I do, prick. Yeah. He's a prick. He's a prick. I like him. Why is he a prick? Why is he a prick? Why is he a prick? Because he yes. thinks he's the only dude to have a fucking opinion and, you know, slate celebrities. And he thinks that makes him a fucking intellectual powerhouse. Just because he can get up on stage and go, oh, you know, yeah, it's all a bit shit and fuck all these guys. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking truth about the reality of this business or whatever. It's like, fuck off. A little edgy I feel little like prick. you're describing it. Uh, <laughs> fight, fight, fight. So let's 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 let um, Kevin paint a word picture for us. Did you have a nice evening? I had a lovely evening because I went with a friend of mine from Athlone. Just tell us tickets. about the show. Did you get food Fuck before sake. the gig or after the I gig? I had a nice sandwich in a place called Dockers. All right. Um, that was. I think it's a new place. It's a pretty good sandwich. I kind of actually to be honest. I want Where to was Dockers? Straight away. Somewhere on the way to the. On the keys near the, the, the three arena, is it? Yeah, yeah. I have so no sense of direction. So area, don't ask me. Yeah, on the same side as. Like. The north side? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, the and south side. Did they, did they do the yonder bag thing where they took your phone off you? No, they did not. No. Okay. Uh, Sean McLaughlin was an English comedian, and he did. Uh, he did. Uh, he was a guest comedian, or he was like a support act. He the opening very, act, yeah. Yeah, he was very funny, and he he even said like, "I wait, I I you know, I'd 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 hate the or he was something like, I I I'd bet that one hundred percent of you uh, did not come here for me." You know, he he was very aware that like no one would be interested in it, all that kind of stuff. But it was he worked into his show it was good, pretty standard Gervais, opening act joke. Yeah, Gervais was funny. Okay, I'm not going to get into it. Gervais is funny. That was it. I enjoyed it. Right. Are you serious? And how did you feel? Like, was the three arena full? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did you feel about that? Not great, to be honest. I thought there'd be several some sort thousand of, people, right? I thought there'd be some sort of tiered. Uh, sorry, I thought there'd be some sort of social distancing and all that kind of stuff. 
and and because the two seats beside me were empty and then the two seats beside my friend were empty and there was two seats in front of us empty and i was just like oh must be like social distancing and that's pretty decent but uh then then they filled up there when ricky gervais got on stage it filled up and i was just like uh that's not great i wore my mask and stuff but I wasn't. I wasn't really thrilled yeah, about that. Yeah, it kind of feels like everyone um, is kind of disregarding that now. It's just to see. This is the first thing I've I've done in that sense, you know. Yeah. Because I haven't really gone out even to. I haven't gone out like. Yeah, I haven't gone out to bars or anything for like. And, like and big session Cree, nights you, or anything. You know, like the last few times I've spoken to you about this sort of thing that I've been advocating you sort of broadening your circle a bit as well because you know like it's not as bad as all that it's not the end of the world you know like people are going to things yeah and I would be inclined to wear a mask that being said the numbers are pretty high and it's getting silly coming into Christmas and I'm starting to go yeah I'm starting to get antsy in myself um but that's that's not gonna stop me do you reckon we'll get it's going to lockdown again I don't think they will. I think they might reintroduce some restrictions and they'll push the booster program um, going forward. But I don't think that there's I don't think there's the political will to enter another lockdown. Might be after Christmas, but we'll see where we go. Yeah, after Christmas, I figure. Yeah, maybe. So, Ricky Gervais' new act. Did it have a name? Supernature. He, he tends to name these things. Supernature. Yeah. Is it? Is it? like Attenborough themed is he talking about the weird shit in nature is he talking no. about ghosts and spookies no, and he's pretty, no he's pretty much talking about like the social and political state that's a lot to talk about right uh, I'd imagine like kind of some people would find will, will find it uh, it's like Rick Gervais like some people would find it offensive but the way he contextualizes it it's like you can't really get at him for saying it because he's just saying other people's you know do you know what I mean I I yeah. Yes. What? What? He's he's presenting other people's political dogmas and and breaking them down a bit, is he? Or yeah, and like he might say a joke and you could laugh at it, or he might go, oh, and he's like, don't give out to me. That was a bit of the joke that said that, you know, that kind of way. It's like his character, yeah. his bit, and it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. The thing, the thing about comedy is like, uh, I, I hear. Look, I laughed at it. I have to say, I did laugh at it. It was good. It was good crack. Um. But uh, yeah, it's like humor is very subjective and it's hard to know, uh, like, you know, what's wrong or right. But, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of everyone knows that. But uh, it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, cool. I'm sure when it comes out on Netflix, uh, I don't think it's going to cause as much, say, commotion, com- uh, commotion yeah. as, uh, what's that the word? Commotion? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. As uh, Chappelle, but... Um, I think because I think Gervais is a little bit like more tactile than that. If you get me, tactical. Yeah, yeah. Louis C.K. was tactile. Oh, tactical. Yes. <laughs> okay. Then you saw the zoo lights in Dublin Zoo. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Can you tell us more about that, or did you sign an NDA? Uh, <laughs> wild lights. A uh, uh, friend of ours. Shout out to Podge. He uh, won the tickets and uh, he he gave he gifted them to myself and Emer and we went yesterday. Um, I I was confused. Interesting. Uh, we went there at eight o'clock at night and I don't know Did where all the animals were. A racing zebra that sounded like Frankie Muniz. <laughs> Damn it! They did not. But it, 
I did see a zebra. Uh, it was fake and uh, made of lights. Oh. Yeah. Are they just trying to monetize the hours of the day where you don't see animals? Shh. You're going to have to cut that out. They're trying to monetize the hours of the day where you can't see the animals. That That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh. Um, like the animals have gone to bed. What do we do with yeah, these like, hours of like, the day? But all Charge people to see a light bulb. But all their enclosures have all the lights and everything in them. So it's just like, I did take it apart these things and set them up every single night because that would be a fucking pain in the hole. Where are they putting the uh, lights? They're all, they're are they in the enclosures? They're in, like, parts of, parts of some lights are in enclosures and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Do you know what? There's a lot of those animals as well that do not do well in cold Irish temperatures and they move them to indoor areas that are heated. Yeah, that's what I figured, yeah. And so yeah. during the winter months, they're just inside. <laughs> But the, the zoo only closes for like, the zoo only closes like two days a year, Christmas Day and Christmas Eve and Saint Stephen's Day, because they need to make any money and all money they can. <laughs> yeah, well, David Attenborough viable. said David Attenborough said basically that roadside zoos uh, don't necessarily aid in conservation, which is kind of sad. But uh, yeah, what do be uh. That's not a roadside zoo. That's really. kind of my thinking, isn't it? That's a yeah. sort of a national, nationalized institution would, would have conservation. When he says programs. roadside zoo, does he mean like wildlife in need? He, I think he means like fucking American lunatics that just buy Joe a load of animals and let you in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because well, there's don't. no bloody regulation in yeah. um, in the in the Americas, which brings us to Kevin's topic number three of the week. You watch the rest of the Tiger King. Look at Segway. this. I'm fucking. I'm, I'm. 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 What am I doing? I'm emceeing. I'm segueing. I'm. I'm. Um, put in a sound effect like of a segue. The sound of a segue, like the thing you're driving yeah. around on. And you're just going wee. Do the Doppler effect on it. You watch the rest of Tiger King season two. Yes. Cree, have you seen any of Tiger King season two or two? I've seen, like many people on the face of the planet who do not live under a rock, I've seen clips and things. And, you know, it's been on in my house and I've seen a Mm. bit and I just, I I just don't understand. So I just, I just haven't really. To be fair, on a surface level, it's a bunch of weirdos. You do need to sort of dive into it and understand how these weirdos are connected to one another and yeah, the weird and, shit that they do and, and honestly i just to. think i'd be i'd be uncomfortable watching it to be on just personally because i would in the back of my mind would just be the mistreatment of the animals and stuff and i i just wouldn't want to watch that you, there's not much but i understand see, i understand the oh yeah i know but it's i understand the appeal animals. though because it is a bit of a wild story <laughs> with wild characters um so but very think, smart of them to make a documentary. <laughs> but I but the thing is though, it's like it doesn't this show isn't isn't capitalizing on the uh mistreatment of animals. Oh god, know? no, that's that's not what I was highlight, very, no no, it's, it's, it's just oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it highlights it and then it's just like you realise that Carabaskins, Joe Exotic, Jeff Law, and Tim T- Tim Stark, whatever his name is, all of them, they're all pitiful, horrible people. Can I ask a question then? In light of that, Steve Irwin and his family are they comparable? Like, is Bindi Irwin a little monster? Because mm. they've got that exotic animals zoo in Australia, right? And I see them on the TikToks, on the Instagrams. I, I would say that on the morning televisions. I would say they're 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 more. Uh, they're more into it than Carabaskins and all that kind of stuff. 
I think they're, they're, they're more sincere. Maybe, yeah, I get the I vibe know. that they're more along the line of a conservation, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, South Park ruins Steve Irwin on me. Mm. I do think of that every time I think of Steve Irwin. Yeah, me too. Cree looking slightly puzzled. Uh, every animal South Park Steve Irwin encountered ended up with a thumb up its butt. Okay, I, the... I'm not glad that I asked accidentally by having a face, <coughs> but person in your <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> but Damn, uh... I need to be stop being so expressive. But Tiger Tiger King Five or Tiger King Season Two, yeah, sorry, really really good. Uh, Tiger Who Five. <laughs> Tiger King Five, I said. Uh, no, you said was, Tiger Who Like that is is that an anime? I don't know. Okay. I go could on. see them doing five seasons of this, though. I could see them dragging it out. Anyway, sorry, go on. I, 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 the the way that this has been produced, but like it was, it was almost accidental, right? Somebody was trying to make a documentary out of it, but it was like the 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 they were trying to make a documentary out of they were trying to make a TV show out of Joe Exotic, and then they ended up using all of that footage to make a documentary out of how it all went fucking wrong. And then this is, uh, I mean, as Brian said last week, there's more to the story that does warrant investigation, but it's kind of a big cash grab to try and get another season out of what was dumb luck success-wise. Kevin, please tell us your thoughts. Sorry, we've talked over you. I was just going to say, like, definitely dumb luck. Like, they must have they must have been, like, kind of like, holy shit, this is gold mine. And, like, the way they've kind of uh, just done five episodes for season two and then the way they left it off. Like, I actually thought season two was good. Because uh, it was a little bit more serious in season one. And it kind of just in terms of like kind of... I thought they're at a different stage of this whole thing, you know. Mm. Uh, and then it was kind of the legislation in regards to private zoos and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I actually did like it. I do think it gets a little bit sensational towards the end of the final episode. Because they are going for a season three. But I'll continue oh. to watch it. It is. It's interesting, you know. Um, and like, it's true crime. It's not murder. It's 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 all these nut jobs. But... Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Brian, will you watch season three? Have it on the background? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought it was, was going to be bad because the episode one just seemed like a bunch of losers trying to cash in on it. But that was kind of like, you know, they were doing that intentionally in terms of they were portraying how these, <laughs> how it attracted more, I think, vapid people. And then uh, it just goes more into the legal side of it and privatization of zoos and battling that. So yeah, that was going to be interesting. Did I hear that Carol Baskin's husband is alive, or is that did did that go into that or something? No. Or Carol Baskin like... killed her husband, whacked him. Don't tell me it didn't happen. Okay. Carol Baskin. That's very litigious. I just want to separate myself from any suit that might occur as a result of Aiden's comments. Yeah, like <laughs> I distance myself from like, them. This will end. Aiden up... said them. I don't support Aiden. In his stance here, um, yeah, I just want to make that clear. This will this this is going to be used in a Tiger King documentary. If they had if they had the footage of this, they'd definitely use Aiden. <laughs> talking about it. In this. Who am I in this Tiger King scenario? No, they they just use Carol a clip Baskin. of of you talking about Thanks. stuff Thanks. because they just basically use a little clips of crap. people ramp ranting about it. Fair enough. Speak, speaking of people in people in prison and super crooks, 
what did you think of Super Crocs? Did anybody did anybody watch it? I have not heard of it actually. What is it? Tell us about Super Crocs, Brian. He looks like one of them. <laughs> he loves that he looks like one of them. Yeah, but he does look like I even said it to Emer. Also, Emer. I think, I think Aiden said it when I sent the trailer about two months ago to the group chat. <laughs> I said they finally made the Scruff series or something along those lines, did they? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. That. Looking well, Brian. Something along those lines. <laughs> I'm sharp like um, that. It's based on. It, it's, you know, Netflix have a deal with Mark Miller for his Miller Word stuff. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the next entry in that after. Jupiter's, Jupiter's legacy. Yeah. Um, Jupiter's legacy is cancelled shows so far. I like this so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't really had time to digest it and, you know, take it in or whatever. So it's easier to speak about in like comparatively, I guess, to other things that I've watched recently, kind of based on Western superhero stuff. So I will say I much prefer it to Invincible. For example, interesting. Um, much prefer to that. Um, the voice cast, the voice acting—it's bizarre because I recognize a lot of the actors from other stuff. I've heard them. There's a guy in episode one. He does the voice of Jet in Bebop, for example. Like I recognize all the voice actors. They're normally great. It's like they got maybe one take for some of the line reads. This right. voice acting is it's rough in places. It, it it I don't know what it is. I don't know. Is it that there was a is it because it's a Japanese team hmm. working with I, I don't know, but there's a couple of line reads and it's just like Jesus Christ, that that could have done with a, a couple of alternate who, who takes, the, you know. Who was the voice director on Bebop? Because I remember reading an article about how I want to say she, because I feel like it was this article, but like they didn't really have a, they didn't quite know what they were doing, but they let this person just go wild with it and treat it like a TV ADR and just take time on it and and hire whoever they wanted in terms of like getting decent actors in. Like it was a weird like anomaly that like nobody was paying attention and they actually got a good cast and spent a shit ton of time and money making the voice acting really good. I guess you're saying is that didn't happen here. It seems like it, yeah, because I, again, I, I wouldn't fault the cast because I recognize a lot of voices. I've read them a lot of other anime and they're they're good. But mm. there's a couple of lines that I'm hearing and it's just odd. It, 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 it sounds so, like it's obviously dubbed, but it doesn't sound like it's even, it sounds like they took dialogue from something else. You know, mm. it doesn't sound like, it sounds so disjointed kind of incongruous or something or disjointed with the with the rest of the scene and it's very jarring in places so is that a sound design issue like i'm thinking in that first couple of scenes it seems I watched to be where the mother's giving out to the son and it's like this really does feel like they took audio from a different like you know when they yeah. did um and at first i thought that they, might be because you can't see her face and maybe that's hmm. part that's of what it. i was but thinking then, yeah but then there's there's a moment i think it's in the second or third episode and a character is saying something and it's just it's odd. It's it's very right. odd, you know. Um, but um, that aside, character designs are great. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the animation, it like it, it's pretty slick the whole way through. There's some of the set pieces, given as made by Bones, who've done everything that I've liked, you know, over the last ten years probably. Particularly, there's um, 
there's a very famous scene from they did Mob Psycho and they're great at doing oh, yeah, superpowers. Yeah, and there's I think it's in season two of Mob Psycho that there is I'll send it to you guys later if you haven't seen it, but it's just it's one of the things I love about anime, the way they depict superpowers and stuff like that. So I'm glad that they're behind this. But the couple of action pieces aren't as strong as I would have hoped. But then later on in the episode, there's some really nice stuff in there. So um I don't know if you're aware, but like a lot of anime kind of it's a bit notorious for doing a really strong episode one. <clears throat> And then the quality will decline in kind of subsequent right. episodes. So I was kind of worried that that might be what's going on. But from what I've seen so far, it's just an usual thing of them being a bit kind of economic with certain takes. But when it needs it, then it's it, it kind of picks up. Stepping up. Um, yeah. The one so other thing I would say about it. What's the setup on it, though? Because you've, t- you've told us it's Mark Miller. You've told us it's in that kind of world. You've yeah. told, you haven't given us the sort of, I guess, the elevator pitch for the show itself. It's it's kind of something that occurred to me while I was watching is that like Miller's Miller's stuff is entertaining when it works, but my God, it's basic. Like it, it, it literally is a guy, a kid gets super, it's the same world as Jupiter's legacy. A kid gets superpowers, tries to become a superhero as a kid, it goes wrong. And literally when it goes wrong, he just decides I'm going to become a supervillain instead. And then there's that usual thing in Miller's stories of like the kind of exposition about uh, people who do this with their powers are heroes and people who do this are called supervillains. And it's like, yeah, I've, I've read a comic, like I, I get it. And that's pretty much it. He, the kid, we catch up with the kid like 10, 20 years later and he's he's been in and out of Supermax prisons and he just tries to score a new job um, with kind of a set of other bungling criminals and that doesn't go to plan and from there then he decides to kind of go for a bigger more complex score with maybe higher risk but also higher reward with um, a team put together by this kind of legendary um, crook super crook so it's it's a bit of a heist it's kind of a heist story but okay instead of it being you know Brad and George it's 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 Brad and George if they had superpowers kind of who's brad and who's george oh no wait i got it yep you got it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's that's kind of what it is that's kind of what it's going for it's um it's it's kind of light it's like i said it miller's stuff is maybe a bit overly simple sometimes and then also kind of overly cynical and violent and it dial it's dialed that stuff down a Mm. bit yeah that's that's what turned me off yeah that's what turned me off miller at a certain point in like i've talked about it before like uh, like wanted is the comic book of wanted is full of that the the uh the sequel of miller of um kick ass just gets very mm-hmm. yeah. abusive and and rapey and i'm like yeah. that duh, I don't same as garth ennis's stuff, stuff. it's just a I, bit too yeah there's reveling in there's the, Violence, there's diminishing returns like, with yeah. gritty and dark superhero stuff there really yeah. is i i it's baffling that it's still as popular as it is and i know it's just a kind of a male power fantasy thing. psychopathic but, teenagers were buying yeah i can't believe it's still like we're, we're still in the fucking the stranglehold that fucking the dark knight returns has on all batman adaptations is is so infuriating and that's what's nice to see this um 
you know, in an anime where it's it's quite bright and colorful. The opening theme to the show, uh, it sounds like Prince. It's oh, it's cool. kind of fun and funky. Um, yeah, it starts off a little odd, and then it, it it the opening is basically the main character, female and male lead characters just dancing. So you can you can send your chat your jokes to the group chat about it being me dancing. I'm anticipating. <gasps> <laughs> It, Sorry, it, I, I just I just realized that it's going to be an animated version of you dancing for an opening. Of me dancing. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm anticipating all the jokes already. Uh, so yeah, my, the the stuff I like about it at least is the kind of Miller stuff. That, Does you know, he look a little bit like the live action Vicious as well? If you just blonde him up. Anyway, let's. <laughs> um, we'll 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 come to that. Um, are you you're enjoying it? I am. Yeah, like I said, the 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 two biggest kind of observations in a kind of a slightly negative leaning, I guess, would be the the dubbing and again Miller's kind of overly simple kind of it's crazy like Nemesis, Kick Ass, Super Crooks, Jupiter's Legacy. It's all basically the same thing about it. imagine a world even the ultimates. Imagine a world with superheroes and supervillains. Yeah, but imagine them being kind of nihilistic and having imagine, shitty relationships. Yeah. And imagine being, being dicks and, and yeah. yeah, and he does it every time and yeah. God, people lap it up. <laughs> okay. It would have been nice to have seen Jupiter's Legacy actually in this style as well because okay. the show wasn't good. Did you watch any of Jupiter's Legacy, Cree? Me? Uh, yeah, mm. I, I, I'm i a p- pretty poor excuse for a film student and that like 90% of what is brought up to me, I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, no, what hap- no, no, what like, happens to me though the- is like I start watching something for like three minutes and if it doesn't grab me, I'm like, okay, I'm out. And then that's it. You have to, like, it has to be a really good opening for me to stay interested because my, my, um, my attention span is pretty... That's fucking fair, like... the only reason we watched Jupiter's Legacy is we were talking about the podcast or talking about it on the podcast Um, I I think I would have watched it but I don't think I would have watched it all if we weren't watching it on the podcast you know Um, there's definitely I don't know there's some CW stuff about it um, what's the name of the guy who plays Utopian Duhamel Duhamel Josh Duhamel and his his terrible grey wig. Um, fucking wigs are getting worse, lads. They give you the wig. I mean, can't everybody just grow long, flowing hair like all of us? Yeah, um, every single one of us has long hair. Shang-Chi? You yeah. saw it now that it it's did. on the Disney Pluses? And now I can um, call it Shang-Chi. No, I can't. Oh. Anyways... <laughs> She's at it did again. you enjoy it? I did. I don't know if anything would have possibly could have possibly lived up to the the anticipation since I hadn't seen it when it came out in the cinema, which means I was ma- waiting for months in anticipation. But I did enjoy it. Um, like I wasn't absolutely blown away, but I also like thought it was you know it was a fun watch. Um, I was mm. absolutely thrilled to see Trevor Slattery back. I know that. Some people have mixed opinions on Trevor, but I adore the man. <laughs> it's Ben Kingsley, and he had a headless pet. Like, what? what is not to love? 
you know. Um, I think that Simu Liu is a brilliant um, addition to the MCU roster of new heroes. Um, he carried the film really well. Um, very talented cast, actually, as well. And the characters that were introduced, um, they had a great dynamic. Uh, I know a lot of people weren't super enamored with Aquafina and the way she was source of the comic relief. I enjoyed it. I th- I think she was. I thought she was fun. fun. I thought I, I thought yeah. they were a good balance. Yeah, I liked um, them as a. Do duo. you guys remember your opinions on Shang Chi? I, I loved. I watched it again when it came out on mm. 4K Ultra or whatever, on Me Disney too. Plus. Uh, I I I think it's great, and I think Aquafaba is brilliant. <laughs> um. I think in watching it a second time, like Brian was spot on. He loves to hear that, but like he hears it a lot because he's often very spot on. Um, it's great when it's about the family and you're yeah. worried about that was one thing I loved him about and it. his sister and his father and how yeah. this relationship works and where the mother is and how that, how the sort of gang warfare led to her death and like the the that was really compelling. Yeah. By the time we're. F- fighting a giant soul-eating monster on a dragon which kind of comes very rapidly towards the end of it it does it's a bit like this isn't what i came here for like yeah it's fun and i enjoyed it in the cinema but i think they i think they i think they gave up on a better story and went for explosions which were fun i I think that's a common thing throughout the mcu you know one of the things i was thinking about with black widow was you know it was relatively grounded until they had that patented marvel tm action um and that's the thing it it, it bothered me more in this than it did in like when people say about other mcu films i'm like eh you know it was an average film so i'm not that bothered by it but shang chi was so much stronger throughout that it bothered me more in this Mm. when it resorted to the the sky beam battle thing because especially because it it came out of nowhere but in the in the other films i'm just like okay like you know, I think at least with this one, though, there. it was a beautiful sky beam battle. <laughs> Do you know, it was a lovely mm. dragon and yeah. uh, brother and sister I, coming together. It was. It's just it was the fun. the father conflict, the family conflict was just so much more interesting. It was. Much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you mentioned it, like, one of the earliest podcasts we talk about Shang-Chi and you delivered to me the concept that it it's going to be like a blood sport kickboxer the quest kind of fight film and i <laughs> remember being kind of overjoyed about it going oh my sometimes. god that's amazing i'm really that's not what happens we get one fight in the bowl i feel like they could do that with jaling in the future she's a really interesting character they could go down that road but with. she's going to be running the 10 rings now we're not going to do like that could have been like like um the quick and the dead type of thing where Gene Hackman is the father, you know, and it, 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 it yep. there is this relationship dynamic building to, he's going to have to fight his father at the end of this. Yeah. You know, he's looking to see, you know, he, he, he could have set up the tournament to lure his kids back, you know, with the truth saying like, you know, I'll tell you the truth about your mother or something like that or, or whatever. And, you know, he could have used the rings as bait, as a prize, maybe with no intention of ever giving them up. But in that pocket dimension where they were, they could have had a tournament type fight there rather than that would have what been we got instead, where fun. they very quickly introduce here's, you know, it was, a, it was an exposition Asian dump, Wakanda yeah. with Pokemon yeah. and yeah. go to war. 
Like it was, it was so much, sorry, it was so much exposition so quickly from Michelle Yeoh that I was like, is she, she's lying about this because it was, nothing had been said about it before, you know, about the whole dragon and demon thing. And dragon scale armors make for great toys. (laughs) Little, everything glowed. I, I find it hard to get angry at it because it's just a it's a Marvel movie and I had a good time. Okay, at it, it, it was fun, still good, but you just look at it, it and go. It was brought down. We're we're a small little group here, but like we can kind of all steer our heads down this one path of what could have been a good version of this film, yeah. or a better version of this film, or a better, better. version of this film yeah. for us. Um, not necessarily you, Cree. You really enjoyed it. It's just that we have this preconceived <laughs> notion of what it could have been. No, um, I'm for that too, you know. And like a love of of eighties, nineties fight films. <laughs> um, you know, Game of Death with the prize being the Ten Rings, I'm looking for a successor. I'm going to abdicate my throne. I've spent a two thousand years on this and now I want to retire. Like that's the setup. Or, or it it could have been him having discovered that kind of pocket dimension village yeah. that he's ruling it. Yeah. Like they didn't they didn't want him there with the family because they said he would have corrupted it. But let's say he took it over yeah. 20 years ago and he's been ruling and it like and he's finally rebels. agreed to okay yeah. I, I, I'll i give it back if you can take it from me and have yeah. have the people yeah. living there come find Shang-Chi instead and say you, you know you come take this from him or like even the brother and sister not just him yeah. but have them yeah. come that would have been super interesting have them find them and then have them fight there for the rings as a, and him saying like yeah okay I'll, I'll give up this place I'll give up I'll let it return to what it was if mm. you can take this from me and then have him take it from him and that would have been so much actually another thing i found interesting was that it sort of mirrored the skywalkers in that jaling was like her dad like leia is like more like anakin and then the way luke is more like padme in his disposition shang chi was more like his mother and so i thought that was another interesting Mm. thing and then of course jaling had the you know the drive to run the ten rings and she's the the only one of the two of them that could have been the successor to him in that I I came out of this movie and I, I reinforced again watching it there on Disney Plus. Um, like it's Shelling's movie as much as anyone yeah. else's. Like she is, she goes through the whole same whole journey of it, and like we we feel for her um, in her isolation and her training montage and stuff and what she had to do as much as we feel for Shang Chi and there's so much to like in it like I, I saw somebody breaking down the different fighting styles once they have the rings you know how Shang's um, control of the rings is this very loose flowy thing where the rings are never on his body mm. whereas um, uh, uh, what's his name Wenwu Wenwu sorry Wenwu Wenwu Wenwu's always clinging to them he always keeps them on to, yeah. on his arms and shoots them off and brings them back immediately whereas they basically never touch Shang he just has them flowing around him the whole time, which is a nice like um, difference in styles. But yeah, I don't know. I just want to see more of it. Like I would have loved to have seen because of watching all of those fight films growing up. It's like the sumo guy versus the capoeira guy versus the 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 Shotokan guy versus the taekwondo guy. Like I would have liked. Yeah, we got we got Wong and we got the Abomination, and it's like cool. Let's get. You know, fucking like, oh, if Wolverine had been there, like, just get a, just a guy with claws. You just hear Schnicked in the background. When we were leading up, the to first time we met Wolverine was in a cage yeah. fight. <laughs> in in the in ninety nine, like, you know, imagine. I don't know, but yeah, I would have liked. Yeah, 
you could have had it exactly the same except when the people who are chasing him down are the good guys in the village but they still bring him to his father because mm-hmm. he's taken hold in that pocket dimension and then have all of that play out much the same mm-hmm. but then instead of that last battle have it be a mini tournament set up where he takes on his dad's you know right hand guys before mm-hmm. he can approach him and yeah and then you, you could have even had all the all out battle you could have said like you know they could have said look he's never going to actually give them up so we need to launch an attack and then that's when you go for him so he could have had like one or two one on one fights yeah. and then you could have had that battle and played out much the same just without that they're they're getting big demon thing. dangerous position in these Marvel movies I say dangerous position I have they're fine they're making money whatever but in terms of me being interested in it they're really leaning towards making every villain have a an empathetic or a sympathetic agenda. Yeah, it's because they've you know? been criticized like, for making like, one-dimensional villains before, but now they're kind of making one-dimensional villains maybe still because they're still following the same slightly the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um I I I would I would like a truly evil villain <laughs> at this point, you know. Give me somebody who's really a maniac. Um one, another know. thing that, that no. um, stood out to me, I don't know why I'm this a maniac. is the thing that stuck out to me as like, really? But it's the one, at, it's the bit at the end where Shang-Chi and Katie are talking about their travels and things. That's great. Wang shows up and then mm. asks for both of them to come with him, even though Shang-Chi is the only one that has the Ten Rings. Katie is kind of just mm. a person. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. And, and he's like, your lives are changed forever. I'm like... Shang-Chi's life, sure, but Katie still theoretically has a job <laughs> driving people's cars. Like, I don't know. That was like as a sidekick himself. I'm sure he appreciates. I mean, sure, but at least he has sidekick like powers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get me wrong. I mm. like Katie. I just I I didn't know why. That was a one in a, mil- in a million shot she took, though. So Maybe you've got yeah, to assume she's got some that sort of... she's she's either lucky or got yeah. skill, and yeah. Give her the benefit of the <laughs> I'm the daughter of Legolas. Is that a good segue? Or <laughs> to what? what? Oh, the arrows. The Hawk archery. Guy. Um I wanna I wanna uh, there's there's actually quite a quite a bit to get to, and I do want to dig on to I wanna give Hawkeye a, a good chunk of time here. But at the same time We'll be done talking about it in five minutes. Uh, okay. Fucker. Um It's two episodes. Can- um the <laughs> I, the I still like Shang Chi. I was gonna I say like just as we got to Shang Chi, the next thing that came out was the Eternals. I was just gonna say very briefly, I've been reading some Black Knight stuff and kind of like trying to familiarize myself with that character. Um that character's kind of fucking batshit. I didn't realise there was so much connected with that sword. And mm-hmm. like the I was reading a, like a recent run. I went back and I started reading like some of the really old stuff, where it's literally just a knight around King Arthur's table. He's a guy with a sword, but by the time it's the recent run, that thing is basically Mjolnir, that can only be picked yep. up by somebody who's unworthy, and has deep, dark, self-destructive thoughts that fuel it, and he becomes more powerful the more he hates himself, and it eventually drives you to a point of berserker rage that leads to slaughter. That's weird. And it's this, I don't know, kind of burdenish thing. And he's a real, he's a, I was kind of like, it's kind of hard to like the character because he's such a kind of like self-hating joke. They, they're forever making, at least in the run I was reading, um, you know, jokes about the, the, the hover horse he rode around on during the 90s or the 80s run, the 
he's cloning kind of Pegasuses. Um, I'm, um, I mean, good luck to Kit Harrington. Let's see what they do with it. Um, but you know, it's going to be a have, blade. So, yeah, they have Thor pick up yeah. the try and pick up the ebony blade, and uh, he can't. Um, it's a whole thing. That's as much as I want to say about it. I'm going to keep... I'm going to try and... I found the early stuff kind of so impenetrably Arturian. And and just... It was just tough to read it. So I read a few issues and then I jumped to the future. And just said, what, where does this actually end up? Um, I'll try and work my way back a bit further. And get a bit more... Um, grounding for the character to see what they might be playing with. But the modern run I read was kind of... Odd. Cowboy Bebop. I've watched the first three, three and a half episodes of it now. I went and I rewatched the first episode of the anime. Kev, have you watched any of it? I watched uh, the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the live action show. Uh, I liked what I saw. Okay. Um, I yeah, I'm coming at it from uh, the perspective of not having seen the anime. Well, I have seen the first episode now, just for comparison. But I jumped into the live action without having any knowledge actually of Cowboy Bebop, other than the Tadoom event that it was announced as live action. Um, and yeah, I watched the first three episodes as well, and I mm. really enjoy it. I now. Be- these were probably influenced by Cowboy Bebop in the first place, but it's kind of giving me sort of Firefly uh, and mixed with Guardians of the Galaxy sort of vibes in terms of the, you know, the good use of music and the sort of humour thing. Um, mm-hmm. I really... But without, without I guess, a lot of pre-existing baggage on what Cowboy Bebop is, you're enjoying I the really show? I really am. Um, the, I, I know, like, the... Just you were talking, Brian, about um briefly there about anime intros. I the intro is so sick. I love it. It's one of the best intros ever. <laughs> I love it. Um, it it is. I'll it give is it to anime famously sometimes. One of the best intros ever. Yeah. And they've live actioned it. It's it, they did a decent job, but I just you know, they, I just I guess again the, we have the baggage. You know, the bop. It's such a bop. I love it. <laughs> it puts the bop in bebop. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm liking the colors and the set and things. I looked at it, it's only got like 48% or something on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't know if that's, if people are People are very down on it based on love. Yeah, I I really think that the cast are really good. I particularly think that Faye um, is a really cool character. And, you know, after watching the first episode, she wasn't actually in that, in the anime. And I think she makes a good Mm. addition to it. Um in the live action and her the portrayal is really like natural and i want to see more of her because i've only seen the first three and she's mm. only been in one and i'm like oh i just i really want more of her because she brings a great dynamic to it and i think it'll feel more complete once she's in it more so i'm looking forward to watching it actually and i think i will continue to which is a really good sign and the music throughout cool. is just fab <laughs> yeah i'm I don't know where Brian is going to land, and we are leaving him to last. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of this as well, where I'm like, I am enjoying it a fair amount. Um, I see, I see areas of it where um, 
I see areas where I get frustrated with, you know, shots being kind of flat when they could be more dynamic. Mm. Um, where I'm watching live action fights happen and the the fight choreography in the original is, you know, famously very, very good, you know. And I, I'm, I'm, there's a thing I... I remember watching a video where they talked about the fight choreography or, or the way, you know, Japanese mar- or Chinese martial arts films put together fights to a rhythm or you can you can feel a rhythm in a really good fight played out in a nice wide. And there's been a couple of shots, a couple of scenes in Bebop and actually in Hawkeye as well, where I noticed that like I can see that there's trying to be a rhythm here in the bang, 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 bang. But somebody holds for too long or the actor can't keep up with what it could be really snappy so it just feels a little just feels a little flat and it's like rather just blocking and getting to the next thing it blocks and it holds for just a fraction of a second too long and it just makes it feel clunky and heavy in places i'm i I think i'm really nitpicking um people pointed out as well like it's very saturated and like bebop had bright colors in it but they weren't that saturated so it kind of just feels very day glowy by comparison to the thing I was expecting um, but you know I'm four episodes in and I'm letting it play and I'm like I'm enjoying John Cho I'm enjoying Faye I'm enjoying Jet I am you know it, it's a bit silly and over the top some of the caricature people um, I did enjoy the bomber Teddy that was fun um, with the big I love the head. humor in it you know when they um, open up and, and there's it's videos and like you know commercials and things and it's just it's so kind mm. of outrageous and caricatured yeah Um, but I actually think it works in live action Um, yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying it Um, Vicious I, th- I think Vicious looks crap and he's annoying me <laughs> He was this sort of he was this element that was kind of like peppered through the original anime. He's not as present. I'm, He's maybe in I'm about wondering. five episodes of the anime out of twenty four, out of twenty six or something. Yeah. He's, he's in first episode of Ballad of the Fallen Angels, episode five. He doesn't show up again until the two part story, Jupiter Jazz one and two, and then the real folk blues one and two. So he's in five episodes out of twenty five or twenty six. Yeah. And he's this, he, when he shows up. The first time when I when I first you know watched the show, when I first watched the show, I had actually missed episode five and six, and I didn't even realize I missed it. I was watching it on Toonami like late at night, and they showed it out of order, so I hadn't seen episode five or six. So the first time I saw Vicious was in episode eleven, and somebody thinks Spike is vicious, and Spike gets really like offended and insulted by the fact that somebody would think he's vicious, and I was like what is this like what's their relationship and their dynamic and then when i eventually saw the character i was like the show really needed an antagonist it didn't need it but it, it really jumped it up to another level that it's so episodic and it works being episodic but then they did give this kind of overall antagonist and he works brilliantly and i always got the impression from vicious that he was like he's like a wounded tiger almost he's like Shere khan or something and he's more he's all the more dangerous for it i felt like that maybe in the falling out that he and Spike had, that Spike had left him with something that kind of made him a bit lame or crippled, but he's all the more dangerous for it. Mm. And he's he's quiet, he's intense, he's violent. And in the show, he's just this gurning, sulky kind of... He's pulling the same face the whole time and it was just disappointing because he's, 
he's a great villain that he's used sparingly in the anime. I don't mind that he's in the show as much. I don't really mind that, but he he's just he's just gurning the whole time. He's got no subtlety. He's just perpetually angry or pissed off. And in the anime, he's just this quiet, he's not. He's intense just this, figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that that's one of my biggest kind of gripes with the show. Because overall, actually, I was surprised. I don't hate it. I would like to see a second season of it. I'd like to see them make changes. But there's so much that... I won't say they get wrong, but there's so much it feels like that they maybe squander, you know? Mm. Um, I, I think the reason... I think when the show works, it's because it's following the plot of the anime so closely or, or it's, it's it's sticking to the best stuff about the the anime. But... Yeah, there's a lot that it's it's not getting right. And it kind of maybe it seems like nitpicking, but at the same time, people obviously resonate and you know engage with the characters for certain reasons, and they lose elements of that. Like in episode one, one of the things that really hooked me on the show when I watched the anime for the first time was, I straight away got the impression Spike was this kind of Lupin the Third kind of wolf character who's this gets by more on his kind of wits and quick thinking as opposed to being dangerous or whatever and there's a scene in the first episode where Asimov the guys that they're hunting down he gets the drop on him he picks him up from behind and he he almost strangles him to death and you see you see Asimov like taking the red eye and he's dodging bullets and you know he's he's to be reckoned with and when he gets the drop and spike and he almost kills him I think okay that's you know he's, he's made a physical match here that he's he's got to find another way to to kind of win and what really sold me on the show was when they meet again the second time spike kicks his ass but in a very unexpected way he he kind of angers him and he evades him and he's just so much quicker he's able to punch a guy who we saw dodging bullets and he's able to kick the guy twice who again was dodging bullets and it just showed this other angle to the character and it kind of flipped it but in that moment it was this combination of the music the animation, the kind of Bruce Lee influence, except it was set in something that looked like a, a spaghetti Western. And it was that moment where all these influences just kind of crystallized. And that's when the show, when I went from kind of going, this is cool to going, this is one of the best things I'll ever watch. Mm. And the show misses that like stuff with the way, like you were saying about the fight choreography, it's just slow. It's sluggish. That, that first it's, fight scene in the casino, it's their big opening. And yeah. like he does the sort of like the um, the oh, like the, the Ip Man Wing Chun punching, yeah. and it's so slow, you know. And I don't yeah. know if if like if I go and watch Donnie Yen if, doing if, it, are they over cranking him to make it look faster or what? But like, and and, just... and the thing is, that there's an easier way to sell his his you know fight proficiency, yeah. And it, it's it's by having him move kind of like Bruce Lee, having him bounce on his toes, having him do the alley shuffle, those kind of things. Have him be evasive because like as dangerous as he is, it's not because he's the aggressor. What he tends to do in fights is he's he's more fluid. He's yeah, and the, and the first that that scene I was talking about earlier, there's two shots of his feet where he's on his back foot and he's just like shuffling his feet and he's just the guy can't touch him and Instead, we've got this extended choreography that is Cho is performing too slow and it's too needlessly 
it's not even intricate, but it's just a bit too complex for obviously the time they had to rehearse it. Whereas it would have been much better to, if we had a, sh- a few shots of the guy's feet, he- he's a dancer. He should be moving light in his toes. And instead yeah. he's just doing this overly kind of complex choreography when instead he just needs to be dodging things and, and it misses an element of the character. And you can say they're reinterpreting it, but at the same time, people connected with yeah. those things for those reasons. And That's it. Like you, you can say that it's, you can argue that it's just, it's like it's insignificant. And it's just like, we have a love for a, a previous thing and it's not really relevant here because the new audience is finding it and they're enjoying it. But it's just, we do look at this though. stuff where it's like, that mm-hmm. that's kind of it and like you know like i guess i mean people see i think people know enough about how like tv show stunt stuff is done where like they send a stunt team away to rehearse something they come in on a monday and go you're doing this in an hour and here's how it's done you know like whether or not they do work a little more intensively with a stuntman it can be as quick as that like i know buffy for example that's literally what they would do they'd go you're going to punch you're going to kick and then that and whatever they'd run through it really quickly <laughs> But a stunt crew will run this stuff a thousand times themselves and then they stick the actor in the middle of it and go, this is what's happening. And you get your head around it. And they might have had the best bloody rhythm going and it might look amazing when the stuntman's doing it. But you stick the actor in there and you're just like, no, oh, it's uh, it's fine, I guess. you know. And it just misses like, that stuff that would make it sublime, as they say. The thing is, it's it's just time Makes it good, spent. you know. I need an it's- alt to sublime again. I sound like I'm speaking French. What a prick. Is the it's the time Man spent the rehearsing? Man is the that you know that rehearsal time is money? It's scheduling time and stuff. But I would sooner yeah. have them spend it on that because yeah. martial arts films are such a big influence on the series that if you want to get it right, then that's something you need to do. Especially when mm. you know, because because that's something that struck me watching Hawkeye. The fight scenes in that are so sluggish and yes. just and. It, they, they sold us on the concept of these shows that, you know, they will have a budget comparable to one of the movies. It's like, okay, we'll spend some of that money on the the rehearsing, the choreography. And if the actors can't do it, shoot it in such a way that we don't have to see their face every time. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it's important. It's a thing, like different production companies, different crews, different things and whatever. But like, all you got to do is look at that, that, that um, sword battle in The Witcher. They're like, you know, people are still holding up that sequence as, oh my God, this is fucking great. Because whatever way they rehearsed it, whatever time they put into it, however they shot they, it. They budgeted it for it. They, it like, it's it, it's that simple. They, they said, we need, we need a, a solid set piece here to sell, to sell people on the first episode. And yeah. we got to put away this amount of time. People need to know Geralt is dangerous as hell. Yeah. And they they show you tear him they show you him tear his way through a whole town and it's really impressive. And they try to show us, you know, Spike is loose and relaxed and walks in with his headphones and flips a coin and like just... especially as well, it, it struck me that like that that I don't know if you remember Aiden, but that scene is based on the opening scene of the movie. The movie I was yeah. wondering where That's that was in the anime episode. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah, I it's but, it's uh, not even a casino; like it's a convenience store in a movie. It's a convenience store, yeah. And 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 the thing is that that's that's two things about that I would kind of say about the show is like one, if you look at the lighting and everything in the scene in the movie, it's like something out of um, it's like something out of like a Paul Thomas Anderson film or something. It's much more indie. 
it's 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 just different. And the second thing is that we then have a shot to reveal that they're in space and there's this extended CGI thing where the camera pulls back and it's this big reveal that, oh, it's a casino in space and like I would much prefer that money be spent on rehearsal for the fight scenes. Like it didn't need to be set in space casino because it doesn't it doesn't add anything and it's it's, it's yeah. this lengthy camera shot and again, you know, spend that money on on the fight choreography and rehearsal. In my head, this this show is it's chunking express crossed with justified with a bit of kung fu and jazz. Mm. That's how you make my dream bebop show. And even I, I don't know if you guys saw, but the I sent you the screenshots of the cast being interviewed for the Netflix thing, and Cho is wearing a blue suit. And it's almost like he did it on purpose to, to say, like, I fought for this suit, you know, and they mm. made me wear that costume cosplay thing instead because he looks so much more Spike in that three-piece blue suit. And it makes so much more sense for him to be wearing clothes like that rather than this kind of cosplay-looking thing. But that said, I didn't hate it, you know. Well, that's, that, um, that is the surprise of it, is that, you know... I'm enjoying it, and I'm enjoying Faye, and I'm I'm. It's trying. It's really, really trying, and you can see it. There's there's some stuff where I'm like, I don't know if you got to the episode Cree where they vicious wants to shut down his red eye operation. They walk into a room and you have a bunch of naked people with their eyes sewn yeah. up, and I'm like, I've seen the like people doing shit in their underwear so they can't smuggle drugs out before we saw in Daredevil the blind people that won't see or be able to witness anything I don't think I needed them naked with their eyeballs showing up and then getting all murdered yeah. I kind of was like I I don't think I have saw anything like that in the anime and this feels Nothing. no. this feels gratuitous and gross I was like why yeah. is this happening um, yeah I felt that way as well I, I, when I was watching that I was like why did they put this in oh it must have been in the anime because there's no other reason it, for it to be here but no if no. it wasn't in the anime then there's kind no. of I, don't, I wonder no, like, why they did there's, that there's stuff in anime that like I like I was a, a, a very oh I don't know I was a sensitive child and couldn't handle gratuity or, or adult themes you know and, and anime had this like video nasties vibe in the in the 90s that like you know you've talked about it before brian where they like they would they would up the language in a dub to get it an 18s rating because that would or a 15 or a 12 or whatever which would make it seem more edgy so people would be more into buying it and like that always spooked me but like there's none of that shit in cowboy bebop cowboy bebop is it's it's that sort of ghibli end of things yes it's action but it's like no it's the filmmaking and the story the, and the, stuff the only questionable great thing in it would be phase wardrobe yeah that's yeah. about it yeah um and he, even that I'm very even as you were saying that. how much you liked Faye, and we we're advocating the anime where i was quietly thinking here she's not gonna like Faye no no i saw i thing. saw i saw her wardrobe in in a still of the anime and i was like okay mm. well they they changed it I, for the better <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it even suits her character in some moments in the anime because she she kind of wants people to underestimate her in a sense and it makes sense certain times because she she's smarter than the the men that she's up against i mean it she, is highly she knows a lot of people are, are kind of dismissive and 
if you're going there, I mean, Absolutely. if you want to be innocent, I'm not saying wear like it, a yeah. tutu or something, yeah. you know, that way, and you'll still be underestimated. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there but is also, a, there know, is a thing. She likes. There is a thing in the live action thing, and and I messaged you about it, Brian, and it kind of drove me nuts through the whole episode. Yeah, no, it's it's very annoying. It, drove it, it, it occurred me. to me as well. Yeah. Did it bother anyone else? I know Kev didn't get this far. Maybe you haven't, Cree. In the opening of an episode, Faye, it's the second uh, time we see Faye. No, Have you got that, to that's Faye in the, the second episode? episode? No. Still need to go on. Just started. Okay. The opening of the episode, she's going to uh, an opera thing and there's a heist and the thing, her objective gets taken out from under her and she goes to give chase for it. And the people that are, I don't know, undermining her, pull out a pistol and shoot her. Just under the collarbone, in the chest, 10 feet away, bullet wound to the chest. Not a graze, not an action movie skim, not a, like a bit of shrapnel got me and I'm on the ground, I get back up. All things that we've seen in action movies that we kind of go, that would probably knock you on your fucking ass. But we put up with it and we just go, ah, it's a movie. She got full on shot in the fucking chest, just under the collarbone. Gets up, runs after them, being shot under her right shoulder doesn't affect her ability to lift and her shoot. gun up and run and shoot. Okay. And then she wanders into a restaurant later in the episode where Spike and Jet are and sits down next to them. Still bullet wound in the chest going, hey, I got a this, that and the other. And at one point she just looks down, dabs it with a napkin and continues on with the conversation. I'm like, you, your lungs collapse, you're losing blood. <laughs> Your your shoulder bones are shattered. I don't know like, if realism is the prime objective with this series, but... <laughs> this one drove me nuts, though. Like, it's also the makeup is just like oh a little God, red no, dot. She would like, be, her outfit well, you, would you, be you, red you now. You full-on got shot in the chest. <clears throat> well, it was red to oh. begin with. But, like, it yeah, it, it drove me nuts. Um, yeah, just why have her be shot at all? Just, why do that at all? No, just have her have duck him. when somebody shoots at her. Yeah. yeah. Just... Or even a graze. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a, ni- think no, it's a nitpick because it feels really big. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they 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 could rather bonked on the head, or it could have been a graze Cause, or something. Because they're trying to show oh, that yeah, she's okay, badass can, and can, can continue on with her job, but a graze would mm. do that just as well. Absolutely. Also, that episode, the tree thing. Fucking gross. I'll say no more. Watch it yourselves. Again, that sort of shit's not in Bebop. I don't know why that's in here. Mm-hmm. But um, I was watching it going, that is going on way too long and it's quite upsetting. I've gotten, not only was I a sensitive child, I am now a sensitive okay, man in my 30s who was like, I don't, I don't want to watch this. Um, I'm so easily scared. Did Mark Miller consult or something? How you I don't want to there, talk Kev? about Ed because you haven't seen it yet, but I uh, she popped up on a TikTok. I wanted to. I, I, w- I was halfway through the series or the season, kind of going. Kree, I don't Kree hate knows this. Nothing this is okay. Cree knows nothing yeah. about. No, I'll just say that I was. I no, no, I won't spoil anything. It's just uh, I was halfway through the season, going, "This isn't that bad." And then you sent me that tweet where somebody showed Ed at the end, and I was like, "Oh, Jesus Christ." Yeah, I saw that as well. That was it's annoying. Bad. But also, it's not not Ed. But but I haven't seen any of the show. Just it it very end. kind of is not Ed because it's a real person. 
okay. doing that, and they're acting yeah. very hard. Whereas Ed was Ed, always very hard. Hmm? Oh, Ed Ed, was Ed's, always... Ed's kooky. Hmm. Ed's got. It, 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 <laughs> Let 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 let's move on for no, the sake of Cree. Are you wearing mittens no, or is your scarf. scarf mittens or have you just Okay, you just wrapped up with Oh sorry, yes. yeah, you hurt your wrist. Thanks I forgot about that. that. She's got a hurdy paw. I did my finger it's no, it's not my finger, it's my wrist. No. It's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Faye and carry on. <laughs> Talking like nothing happened. Yeah. That's that's mighty brave of you. Kevin, you, you watched some of the anime for the first time in the last sort of week. How are you finding it? I just mm-hmm. noticed that you've been quiet for twenty five minutes. How are you? <laughs> how are you getting on? Um, yeah, no, the anime is good. Like it's, 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 it's good. I don't know if Spike's a really likable guy, or any of them you really likable. You watch You're talking about Scruff's daddy there. You watch your wet Spike and Jet have a good relationship in the live action one, anyways. I think they've got a good. Well, at least the actors they have a good dynamic. Hmm. They bounce off each other. I've only watched four episodes. You haven't watched episode five yet. I told him to do one thing. (laughs) One thing. I said, watch episode five. He must have been listening to Ricky that week. Watch episode five. And what did he do? Started calling people cunts. I feel like I'm getting harassed for doing something in my It's all right, Kevin. I'll stand with you. Yeah. Two against two. Thanks. You probably don't. Uh, Ricky Gervais is pretty problematic, I think. I'll stand on my own. <laughs> Separate. <laughs> I'll. My God, that's the quickest sort of stand with and standing away from. <laughs> you know what? I'm an island. She flipped, then she flopped. And you are continents at war. I'm just like happy. Just. Is, she, is Ricky problematic or is he just a loud man who annoys people? I don't people? know, but that I thought Let's I move should on. step back just in case. Hawk guy. Did we all yes. watch Hawkeye? Guy. Okay. Yes. Yep. Wee wee. Um, Kevin, let's. I let's don't go. want to wait a week no. to watch an episode of a show I'm barely <gasps> invested in. I don't like this format. Give it to me all. Let me watch it. I hate this. I hate this waiting a week to watch an episode. It needs to die. I'm fed up of it. It's old. It's outdated. It's they're only doing it because they don't have enough content. Yeah, I suppose with something with like, it. like, you know, when things were on TV because TV used to exist, um, you know, think shows would have like twenty-two episodes per thing, and you could extend that out for a year or whatever. But with something that's so short, I understand wanting it now. Also, looking at the way episode one goes straight into episode two, this looks like it's cut together to run as one thing. Yeah, it is. Like this is this is cut together. Like Feige's going to throw this in a theater in a year's time. You know? Nah. Nah. You think people won't pay to see Hawkeye in the cinema? (laughs) No. (laughs) I will. I will get them all on my four K Blu rays. And I will rent theater. The only reason to do one episode a week is because you don't have enough content on your platform and you're trying to stretch it out and it's bullshit. 
I'll have you know they bullshit. have a badly animated Is Ice it, uh, Age series coming out in January. <laughs> so they do have content. <laughs> well, they bought that studio and then they shut it down to farm out the... That's right, didn't they? They shut down Blue Sky? Yeah. Yeah, to to the chagrin of the several hundred people working at Blue Sky. Um, there are there's a movie I I can't remember the name of it. I do remember they're going like they have a feature film that's like eighty percent done and they just shelved it because they just shut down the studio. That's anyways. Do continue. I, yeah. I derailed that conversation. No, I I derailed it. <laughs> I'm being a loud mouth. We derailed it together. <laughs> I was going to try and get Kev's opinion on Hawkeye before Brian gave it to him. No, I, I yeah? love Hawkeye. Yeah. What did you love? What did you love most? I, I really love Jamie Rayner. Uh, J- Jamie Rayner. Kind of... <laughs> Jer- Jeremy Rayner. Is it not Jeremy Rayner? Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. I kind of said Jamie to begin with, but... He's a Jeremy Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> I said Jeremy Rayner. He's not a COVID super spreader. It's Jeremy Renner. What is his name? Jeremy Renner. Well, Jeremy Runner because uh, of all the running he's going to have to do. Anyway. Because in the Hawkeye, mm. he's a superhero. I just want to I want to do my COVID super spreader joke again because I don't think... I think Wait, do it again. Nobody got it. Again. Nobody got it. Nobody it was Jeremy Renner. No one. No, do it again, please, no, please. Just, oh, no. just go back and oh. re- just go go back and rewind it. <laughs> a a Jeremy Rainer. Is it a person that rains down germs? Yes. Okay, I got <laughs> it. Super spreader. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a Jeremy Rainer. <laughs> it's real. That was good. Who's Brad who's Brad and George? Oh my god. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> I meant to ask. Uh, but then Aiden <laughs> asked. Bit and Clooney. Because Super Crooks is a heist movie and Brian was saying that oh, they're yeah. a bit like Brad and George and you have to make the leap to heist movie, Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Super Crooks. Yeah, I've never seen it. Have you never seen Ocean's Eleven? We discussed this last yeah, time. Same. Has he never seen Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. It's a good movie. No. Ocean's 12 and 13, Ocean not movies. so good. But Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's 8, not so good. Oh, and by last time, I mean last time I saw Kev, we discussed this. Oh, probably not in the podcast. First one's good. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I can't remember. So it's good. Put, it on the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, no, it was anyways. me and my brother and you. Hawk. Yeah. Oh, was it? My brother oh. said they were crap, and I said they were a drop of the ocean. First one's good. The... Yeah. Hey, oh. Um, then there's the Frank Sinatra one. A lot of singing and dancing in that one. Anyway, Kev, you like it because you like Jeremy Rayner. Sammy Davis Jr. Yes. Debbie Reynolds. And Peter Lawford. Steinfeld. Haley. Whatever Martin. her name is. Mm-hmm. Haley Steinfeld. 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 Yeah, I like her. I think it's. I, th- I think it's good. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I think it's good. No, that's the whole point. Are you not going to really talk like too it. much about it because we're? Do you have an no, NDA for this as well? What? What's? What's this about? No, I just no, no, no. Uh, it's really good. I really like it. Uh, I'm actually kind of interested to see. Well, I'm really interested to see how it goes. Um, I was watching the Devon made me do it. The Conjuring, the Devon made me do it, and um, the 
the mother in um, Hawkeye is what's her name? What's her name? El- Eleanor Mrs. Bishop. Bishop? Eddie Bishop. Vera Farmiga. Is it Vera Farmiga? That's the actress. That's, That's the actress's actress, yeah. name, yeah. Oh. Or the actor's the yeah. actor's name. Uh, but she's in The Devil Made Me Do It. And I was watching that and I was like, it'd be great to see her in something like Mar- in the MCU. She's great. And then she's oh, in this. Cool. So I was like, oh, that's pretty, pretty interesting. Even though when I started watching the first episode and I saw her mother in it, I really didn't know who she was. And I was like, who is that? It looks so familiar. And I couldn't tell for ages. And I even Googled it. And I, I was like, what? I don't know who that is. And then and then when it, it was skipped to the present and I saw her, it's just like, okay, yeah, now I, re- I totally recognize her straight away. But it like, looked like a completely different person to me in the first, in the in the in the kind of flashback stuff at the start, but and then um, she's marrying Paul F. Tompkins. I really like. I don't know who that is, but uh, yeah, it's Jack or Jake or whatever his name is in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really like it. Uh, I thought the LARP and stuff was really funny. Uh, Grills, I'm sure we're going to see more of him. I I called the dog Pete's dog years ago. I I Aww. I wanted to call my dog Pete's dog. Um, so I'm a, I'm I did a painting based on the, the, the words pizza dog and I sent it to our friend Chris. Um, Isn't the dog's name Lucky the pizza though? Dog. Yeah. Oh. Just on the LARPing thing and fight scenes, didn't they establish that if you get hit in the torso, you yeah. die? <laughs> and he got hit. And then yeah. everybody hits yeah, him in the torso in the first away. moment. What was that about? Yeah. It was bullshit. That did annoy me. That didn't annoy me. But the rest of it, I love. Oh, hold on. That really bothered me. I got to That really bothered me. Because I was like, hang on, what? Why establish these rules if we that didn't actually, show him? That that did upset me, to be fair. You're not but, real nerds. But, um, but wait, wait. Yeah, that but, really, but why exactly. did they say it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was annoying. And then it was, then it was like, he's just cheating. Also, I, I know I'm weak. This is... I enjoyed this show. But let's pick on the LARPing section for a moment. You have an opportunity yes. here to have yes. a really fun sequence where there's a cool, like, low-stakes, foam-weaponed, fun, stupid action sequence where everybody is unnecessarily good at this. <laughs> let's do that, you know? Like, let's see Hawkeye tear through some people that are really good at LARPing. And instead we got this rubbish scene. Like, if you remember, um, oh, this is a bad reference as well, but, like, Renner's in a movie called Tag. John Hamm and, and, and a bunch yeah, of people. I got, I got those and vibes like, from that scene. There's, it's just about grown men playing tag and the high stakes that they've yeah, built up in this for themselves. But there are full-on ludicrous yeah, action films story. with flips and slides down. Like, they take the silly concept and they bring it to action movie level. So you've told us you can't get hit in the torso. You need to get this suit back. This suit is a plot point that needs to be retrieved. Let's play that LARPing scene for all the shits and giggles it should be. That should have been a really cool, intricately choreographed Avenger taking down a forest full of LARPers. Speaking of like silly kind of action scenes though, I don't know why it popped into my head. Just a really tiny detour to say that reminds me for some reason of that SNL sketch. I think it was called the standoff where there were these three guys pointing guns at each other and then they realised like one of them, like one of their kids had like a dance recital or something so they all had to like get into the car still pointing the guns at each other and like have to like go back home oh, I like, did like, see oh, that. I yeah, to yeah. feed the cat so they all just like walk <laughs> still pointing at each other it's pretty that, funny that feel like um the lonely island um well lads. it was taron killam was one of them or keelan peel or something 
Oh, really? I can't remember. Probably the host that time, which I can't remember. And then another cast member. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. The, the opening sequence was pretty inspiring. They, they made us understand why a traumatized young woman might uh, look at Jeremy Renner as a potentially heroic idol. If she'd seen Captain America... Um, or Iron Man. Well, what maybe I thought was interesting was sciences. she already had an interest um, in archery because if you there is actually a bullseye. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the Did trophies and stuff first. Like yeah. a, a bullseye oh, trophy. I missed that. Okay. Yeah, so she had like amongst her trophies and stuff. There was a little bullseye thing, so she was already into archery at that point. So oh, that okay. would have just further um, yeah. yes. prompted yeah, 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 her yeah. to go for archery. So oh, that does actually make sense. I missed that. But she said, but she yeah. said to her mum, I but need a bow she, and arrow. I'm guessing she was like interested in it first, but you don't like give a kid that age necessarily a bow and arrow. You might mm. like. Mm. <laughs> well, you didn't grow up in the country, did you? <laughs> I've made bows we and were, arrows. We were literally encouraged bamboo. to make our Thank own. Thank you very much. It's very, it's very fun. <laughs> I you don't. You don't. Uh, There's that Ricky creeping out again. Get in the back. Yeah. Get in the box, Ricky. Get back. Get back to where you once belonged. Um, I like this. I'm, I'm, how many six, is, is six episodes? Be? So it's a it's I a short. That's too, that's too little. No, I think that but, could uh, be. I'm actually I think it. that should be plenty. And like I'm with Brian. Like if they did two yes. a week, I'd be happier. I'd be happier still if they just put six episodes up yeah. and let me watch the whole damn thing. Um, if if they put it up on Christmas Eve, I'd have watched them all yeah. on Christmas Eve. Um, and th- there's your Christmas event. I'm really grateful that um, it's yeah. at Christmas because much better idea. I absolutely adore Christmas. I'm one of those people, those assholes that wants the tree up in October. <laughs> hmm. You're not an ass. You're not an asshole for that tree because yeah, you know what? Exactly. In it's the middle house. of my street. Exactly. What you want? My Put up house. your tree, and it, and enjoy it. Yeah, I saw. I saw someone had the tree up in one of the apartments where I live. Uh, like probably pretty much like a couple of days yeah. into November, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's been a pretty shit year." If that tree makes you happy and it gives you good feelings and coziness exactly. and to shit, do it. Christmas. Be, uh, okay, be no, happy. absolutely. Anyways, Christmas. Oh God. I um, I like, and I'm really enjoying that. It's just nice paired back. Just you know the the the. The fate of the world isn't at, at stake. Oh, wait until the dragon yet. at the end where the yeah. soul-sucking monster comes out of the But it's just we've been funeral. so used to... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But we've been so used to these like huge stakes, big things. It's really nice to get something that's more sort of... um, Like kind of the vibes of Ant-Man, but like... More street level. In New York. Yeah. it's it's. I'm really enjoying that Me too. take yeah. on it. It's like a nice... um. It's like it's like Winter Soldier light or something. Do you know that way? Except it's not like Winter Soldier. But do you know what I mean? It's yeah, just a yeah. nice snack. It's, it's a snack rather than a meal. I liked nice. the. I liked the um, time taking a toll on Renner's Hawkeye mm-hmm. as well. Like the hearing aid, and as well because like, is a fun thing. It's like what happened to your hearing, and we get a super cut nice of explosions. They have, him you know? have a hearing aid because in the comics he's hard of hearing and he needs a hearing aid. So that was a good. It was good that they brought that um, into his character, and I'm, I, yeah. I've been wanting that run to be live actionized. You know, with 
him, Kate Bishop. Mm. They wear purple. They have Lucky the Pizza Dog. And I'm really glad that they they made that live action because that seems to be a version of that character that people resonate with. Yeah, well, Matt Fraction and... is a consultant on it, isn't he? I think he, he probably has a credit. A I don't know how involved he is. Like, they're clearly using the... They're clearly yeah, using the, the story. Something on it. But um, uh, yeah, anyways, I, 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 I agree with Cree. I like the, the fact that this is paired back. It's not like Wanda where you're dealing with this kind of like kind of super powered person going through a, a, a turbulent time. You're not have, it's not like a Captain America and the Winter Soldier and like who will take on the mantle and you know, all that kind of stuff. Or it's not like TV in time. This is Christmas movie. Yeah, he just exactly. wants to get home for Christmas yeah. show movie. <laughs> getting home to christmas a few like kind of like action scenes and yeah i for me i I kind of actually kind of resonate with more this type of stuff than than some of the other things i was always more attracted to street level uh superheroes and the less the the, like you know yeah the more cosmic it gets the more i detach like x-men were great until time travel but i still love forge and bishop empire and phoenix they were like yeah i days of future past was the cool characters but But yeah, I totally agree with you, Kev. I I would give it a ten out of ten as well. And I think that Haley is it was a brilliant casting choice because she's like instantly likable. She also has flaws, but she's she's a great protagonist and a great naive protagonist for Hawkeye to teach things to. Like she she knows archery all right and and combat and stuff, but she's like nowhere near the level that she needs to be to you know be part of the team or anything so this is a really good starting point for her character and for her to be introduced and when yelena comes in that's going to be a great dynamic as well so i'm just looking forward to the whole thing so yeah 10 out of 10 for me too and i can't wait to see more brian can we get an out of 10 from you no <gasps> and no out of 10 no out of 10 i'm wow. a 10 out of 10 i don't know what i watched you know God, I I watched I watched the first episode and was in one, on Wednesday morning. I was dying to see the second episode, and then I watched half of the second episode this morning, and I was really I was like I brought my laptop to work hoping I could watch the rest of the stage watched of the day. It I loved twice it twice to see if I missed something. I don't know what it's about. Well, yeah. see, there's this guy called Hawkeye, and his real name is Clint, and he goes to see a musical. Sorry, I'm joking. Oh, the musical! The musical was Brilliant. great. <laughs> I didn't like the musical. I need to, there's going to be so no, many people. The, the yeah. musical was horrible, but I think you're meant to absolutely hate it, but I love it. It's like yeah. Hulk <laughs> smash. smash. That was a great Honest sequence. to God. Yeah. <laughs> I will go and watch that musical. For I will watch the three hour version of that show when they bring it to the West End. The fact that it was called like, should. I'll do this all day. If they're going I, I to think, they're going. I think do, one of my problems this with this show, these shows in general, it hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen in episode three or four, I'm assuming. But I've already heard people make a big deal about the the single take shot in the car. And oh, yeah, that was. if you're talking about yeah. the technicalities of shooting something before we've even seen the thing, it defeats the purpose. And I've only seen this in the clips I've seen of it, but there's a shot where... Bear with me here for a second because I don't really know exactly how to put this but there's a shot where they're both in the car and they're being pursued and she turns around to look behind her and the camera moves like this to look behind very slowly like a slow pan yeah and 
we're supposed to be in the back seat there with them. So like the language of that scene, the, 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 the camera moves should reflect the urgency of that moment. And what's the point of a single take? Like when, she, when she's saying, how, like, I don't know what somebody says, but for some reason, one of them has to look behind. That should be a quick whip pan to like, oh, this is going on behind us. And instead it's this slow thing. And yeah, technically that might be great that you've executed this single take action sequence, but it doesn't serve the urgency or the moment. And they're building these series around these sort of set pieces, which I'm sure cost a lot of money to plan and shoot and execute. And they don't serve the story. They're kind of boring to watch. We shouldn't be talking about the technicalities of it. And The best version, you're right, and the best version of a single take shot has historically been one that nobody made a fucking noise about until you're watching the movie and like this happened with um, Atonement is kind of the first place I sort of noticed that and and, um, Children and Men Atonement specifically though when McAvoy is making his way onto the beach that's a famously you know one of these single take shots it's like I didn't know it was coming I didn't know the technicality involved in it I just knew I was eight minutes in and I went oh holy shit this hasn't cut like I I was brought along with it i didn't even realize i didn't like that shot either though because it's more the same thing where it's just this technical thing people were talking about the technicality of it rather than what it does to serve the moment but but i just i just mean from the sake of like i wasn't seeing marketing for the single take shot in atonement i just saw the movie and was affected by that shot maybe you feel it didn't it didn't serve the, the moment it did for me i i enjoyed that moment um but, you know, the the fact that it's become this um, ticked box that you have to hit with your action set pieces that you can do a long single take, a long one or type of thing. And, and then that you tell people about it. Like 1917, like I didn't see a trailer for 1917. I saw the fucking making of promo that was playing in the cinema where they were like, all of our technology lets us do this. And I'm like what's the movie about first and then let's see if yeah, i want to see if, it. if you're building if like, you're building a set piece around the execution and talking about the execution rather than the scene itself you've already lost and mm-hmm. I, I think this is yeah if you have to yeah, get your one shot it, 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 if the way you're selling a, bit, a show is talking about the execution of it rather than actually talking about what happens in it then the way they're conceiving and delivering these shows is is all wrong. And I think that's why they've been underwhelming in places because it was the same with the the shot in Loki where they were escaping the planet. And it's like, oh, that was all, you know, that was all stitched to look like one take. And it's like, I, I don't care. Like it should have just been fun to watch anyway, rather than. And ironically, that was one of the weakest episodes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's kind of my problem with this show. I, I'm all for a street level story you know and we had we had the mm-hmm. single take fight scene in daredevil as well which they tried to recreate later it's like it's not cool because it's technically complex you know the technical complexities should be something that we look at afterwards to go how did they do that secondary yeah, yeah. not not before the fact and that would i be right in suggesting that that now maybe i'm wrong about this and kev can tell me that single take scene it's not a single take daredevil it's just designed to look like one well, okay, it's but it's the the hallway scene in in Daredevil, rescuing the kid. Had Shalvi's Moonlight issue come out already, where it's the the comic book runs as a single fight scene up until he rescues a kid. Was that out already? It was based on Old Boy anyway, though. So like was yeah, it was. I, I yeah, 
the so, whole issue uh, was, was basically yeah. was Salvi's thing out already uh, I'd, I'd say I think so. it was yeah I think it was though yeah, yeah. Yeah, like in terms of a street level superhero beating shit out of everybody in yeah. front of them until they rescued a child. I was like, we just saw this in Moon Knight and then it popped up in that Daredevil show. I could be wrong on my chronology there, but my I point is, it is, is it feels like that um, I, I'm all for a street level story and Fractions run is great. Like I remember reading that six or seven years ago going, this would make a great TV show. But right now, mm. I don't really get why I should tune in next week other than you know I'm, I'm already you know suckered into the MCU thing yeah Invested but right now home. it's just and it's not that I didn't like it like I, I know it sounds like I'm kind of shitting on it I, I, I would just say I don't know how many stars yet because it was two episodes that were clearly designed to run together but as set up episodes yeah and I, I guess you know if they just made it a bit stronger that yeah he's going to mentor her then i'd be like okay yeah this this show is going to be about how she becomes you know a candidate for this young avengers or why there might be a need for a young avengers at all and if if it was about him mentoring her if that was i mean i know that's where it's going but that's only because i'm i'm kind of ahead of the story but in terms of watching it right now i was like why does he need the suit at all why does it take two episodes like there's it's not that there's a lot of filler, but like they make they made a big deal about of of echo at the end, and then it just ends right there. And it's just like I want to watch that episode now, not because yeah. I'm hooked, but because that's very unsatisfying. We see her with her hand on the speaker. The music was cool; she looks great, and then it just ends. And it's not like oh, I really want to see what happens next. It's like what's happening next? Like show me the next episode now. It's just, but I, I think that I think that's the reason why. Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of fizzled out a bit and they, they've all had this kind of, you know, lumpy kind of sluggish bit either at the middle or the end and I just... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah, it did kind of fizzle out. Luckily with this one though, um, with Hawkeye, I'm enjoying it actually more than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier so I think the momentum should stay above like the level of disinterest and also because it's christmas i'm just automatically more interested <laughs> i was skeptical when they said oh we're going to do a bunch of series and then when i saw how much they were kind of going to put into them i was excited but now having actually watched them um wandavision was great loki was great captain america or falcon and winter soldier started okay but kind of really wandered and i can see this going the same way because as much as i take the piss out of you know hawkeye hawkeye's fine like i like hawkeye and that that the fraction run is a great run so there's, there's great source material here but i don't want to wait till next week to find out where this is going this is two episodes in and i don't know what i should be excited about yet you know it should be kind of clear Especially if you're going to make me wait. So there you have it. Four people. Ten out of tens all round. 